The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Dynamic Healing with two experts in chronic pain, David Hanscom and Les Aria. This podcast will show you how to unlock your body's ability to heal. Just breathe and learn how to rewire your brain and break free from chronic pain. Welcome to Dynamic Healing Podcast. I'm Les Aria. And I'm David Hanscom. And today we're going to work on pain reprocessing therapy called PRT. The title of today's podcast is to solve anything, you must first understand it. So the purpose today of this podcast is to provide an overview as to the nature of chronic mental and physical pain. By the way, they are the same thing. I want to debunk the term called medically unexplained symptoms because 90% of the symptoms in the body are explained physiologically. So the term should be medically explained symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big topic and one that uh, David and I have really handled through our, gosh, for years, decades, and trying to help people get better. And uh, looking forward to hearing more about that, uh, David, because you've got a nice angle on it. But let's start with a quote. Here we go. Suffering from chronic pain has similar effects on the quality of your life as having terminal cancer. Now, I may mispronounce this person's name, David, so you can correct me on this one. Freitam. I think I, I'll call it Fred Heim, but you could be right. Um, yeah, there's two major research papers that shows that the impact of chronic pain on your life is similar to having terminal cancer, except by the way, it's worse. And my wife, well, now let me put this into my book, but it's very clear is that, you know, with chronic, with cancer, you know, the diagnosis and there's an endpoint, either positive or negative. So we know that uncertainty is inflammatory. We know not having any hope is anti-inflammatory. So in chronic pain, you don't know the problem. Nobody's telling you what to do, where to go. You don't know how long you're going to be in pain. So it's a big deal. And what's, what drives Les and I so hard is that there is an answer. It's not our answer. It's based on medical science, very deeply based. And it's such a solvable problem that it makes us crazy when we see people suffer that, that don't have to be suffering. So today we're just going to educate you as to the nature of chronic pain and medicine has gone the wrong direction. And with repetition, we all believe there's always, quote, something wrong when you have pain. And guess what? There is something wrong. Your body's physiology is off. You're, you're, it's like putting diesel in your gas tank. It's not going to work. So we're going to um, go into pain reprocessing therapy. And 
we uh, Les is gonna, again, there's five components. Les is gonna talk about the components in a second, but today we're gonna talk about just the education part of it. Yeah, so let's uh, let's do a recap, David, because some of the listeners may not have listened to us in the previous podcast. So highly recommend you take a look at um, the previous podcast. And, uh, and as we go forward here, PRT stands for pain reprocessing therapy. So what is it? Well, it has two major goals. The first thing that PRT does, it's a technique that trains the brain to reinterpret the, the, the pain that you're experiencing. So it's to reinterpret the, the pain. And so what happens there is the goal is to break the fear pain cycle. Because when we experience pain, we tend to avoid it. And so the goal here is sort of to retrain the sensations you experience. The second thing that PRT does, again, pain reprocessing therapy, is to reduce or eliminate pain by training the brain to reprocess the signal as being safe through the lens of safety. So these are the two major goals of PRT. And uh, as David said, we're just gonna emphasize on the educational part because it's huge. As a provider, I will tell you this, many of my colleagues continue to believe that pain cannot be resolved. So unless there's five components of PRT, can you list those components for me? Sure thing, absolutely. As, as we mentioned, the first one is to educate you about the brain's role in pain and that pain can be reversed. The second component is to what I call Sherlock Holmes, gathering your own personal evidence that there are times when pain actually um, is not so intense despite it you know, being so miserable in your life. So be Sherlock Holmes, gather your own data that how it fluctuates. The, second, uh, the third thing here is to gently lean into the pain. So we've got education, gather your own personal information, being like Sherlock Holmes, to recognize how pain changes throughout the day and with activities. And also the third one is gently leaning into the pain. The fourth and the fifth is basically addressing other emotional threats. And that basically means is if you have life issues, depression, anxiety, trauma, make sure you address it because it's gonna act as a barrier to healing your pain. The fifth one is creating positive and uh, sensations and feelings towards the pain. So this is a difficult one because it's easy to kind of get caught up in a tug of war with your mind, but learning to kind of associate the sensations. For example, a burning sensation would be like you're in a hot tub. So most of us like being in a hot tub because it's relaxing. So that's um, basically what the last part is. Well, I also want to emphasize that we're, we're going to talk about education today. And there's lots of things that happen. So first of all, the body is ridiculously complex. There, there are 30 trillion cells. Each cell, by the way, can survive on its own in a Petri dish. You don't need other cells to survive. So the interaction, the connection is unbelievably complicated. So we, how medicine got into the sort of structural idea that if there's something painful, there's always something wrong. Well, all that has happened to experience pain is have your pain system beyond. And so what we want to do is just educate you as to the nature of chronic pain. It is complex. We tend to throw simplistic solutions at a complex problem. The solution lies in understanding the problem and then dealing with the different aspects of it simultaneously. So today we're going about the education and there was four things we're going to talk about the evolution of chronic pain. So we're start with the source, then the nervous system interpretation becomes sensitized. Then your brain memorizes the pain. 
These are permanent embedded circuits. Then the modifiers we're going to discuss briefly is anxiety, anger, and lack of sleep. So again, there's a source of, a source of the pain. Your nervous system you become sensitized, you memorize it, and then there's the modifiers of anxiety, anger, and sleep. So let's start with the source. So with pain, there can be a structural problem. Broken bone, tumor, infection, sprain, strain, overuse, all these things are structural things that can cause symptoms. So that we call that structural. Non-structural is if, um, you know, say all of a sudden you're just stressed out and one tendon gets inflamed or your stomach goes in knots or you ate something that's too distended, wasn't pleasant, you got sick. I mean, there's lots of things that can cause your body to react with symptoms, but there's not like a tumor infection causing the problem. Then the third one, and again, these all are sort of mixed together, which is hard to delineate. Your brain can simply short circuit. In other words, remember, when I touch this table, my body says it's cold because my brain's programmed that this is not a hot stove, it's cold. Mm -hmm. And so you just learn with repetition to predict that this, is going, this table is gonna be cold. So we're programmed. But sometimes for some people, or well, for a lot of people, when their pain circuits are off, they've been programmed that something that normally is not dangerous becomes dangerous. And go to, again, emotional pain and physical pain are processed the same way. So you get this reaction to something that wouldn't ordinarily be uncomfortable because there's a pain threshold. Right. So again, you have a structural source that's obviously seen, which by the way, is less than 10% of the time. The non-structural, which is there the vast majority of the time, um, is your body's chemistry is off and you feel the pain. And then your brain can just flat out short circuit. And again, we don't know how to depict that. We don't understand it completely. But remember, I'm going to say something that makes people a little bit frustrated is that pain is always in your head. Because you didn't have a receptor to take these signals we wouldn't be experiencing pain. So any, any comments less on the structural story? Yeah. It's a big topic about the source of the pain, but all my, my only point being that just because you have pain does not mean there's always something structurally wrong. Yeah, I think um, this lends its thought to, you know, <laughs> I, I will disclose to you, when I was um, a freshman in college, um, you know, we all had to take this basic stuff, right? So I, was took, I took a philosophy class, uh, critical thinking. And one of my favorite, favorite philosopher was Descartes, Rene Descartes, I see, therefore I am. And I was so excited about that, like, like mind blowing with my hot cup of chocolate, walking to class, reading the textbook, arguing class with all my <laughs> classmates. And I was just so for it. And and then I realized as I moved through, this is the same fella that everyone around the world, medical school, is taking lead from. This is the fella that basically has taught many different medical schools that if, you, if something is broken, you fix it. Right. Right. So, and this is called the common sense uh, pain, or I call it old science. Or, and so what you just spoke about is that, but the roots of it, like hundreds and hundreds of years, and here we are now trying to tell the whole world, you, Howard Schubiner, Alan Gordon, a lot of us, we're all trying to tell the world that, no, that's not how you do this. And then the other part to this is um, just the way you said it, David, sometimes my patients, I say it the way you say it, my patients will say, so you're telling me this is, I'm making this all up in my mind. And so those two components of old signs, and then when they're able to buy into it, like, all right, this is coming from the brain, this is my nervous system. Then they say, so basically I'm creating it. 
And so therefore I can think my way out of this is the common reaction I get from my patients. I think what's changed my mind dramatically is there's a book called Live Wired out of Stanford that depicts the neuroplasticity of the brain. And the brain just, the brain is like Switzerland. It interprets everything and makes it something to help you survive. So for instance, you can put a camera on somebody's forehead that's blind, somebody that cannot see, put a camera on their forehead and then cook that camera to sense to their back, to little sensors on their back that translate the camera into signals and people can see. Think yeah. about it. There's nothing in my eyes that says this is a book, right? Nothing. I mean, right. my right. eye itself has receptors that takes in the colors, black, orange, yellow, and then these signals are coming into my brain, but my eyes aren't doing that. My eyes are the receptors that pull in the signals that says, okay, this is black. Well, the brain also has a receptors that saying, well, this is hot versus cold. This is sharp versus dull. My hands in space here. So again, nothing... The reason why my hands in space here, and I know where it is because my brain says it's there. Yep. So nothing is actually real without a nervous system to interpret the signals. Beautifully said, and and I think beautifully said. And um, Lorimer mostly would agree with you wholeheartedly, because one of the things that he's written about Lorimer mostly is a pain scientist, Australian, and uh, is big on education. Uh, David and I believe while education is important to educate, uh, to tell you, you know, why do you hurt? We've got to go beyond that. You need certain skill sets. Um, so one of the things that he emphasizes, David, is that um, he calls it, he says, he says, pain science is weird because the brain has an opinion. And that's what basically it says. So it has different components in it, things that you've seen, experienced. And whenever we experience pain, Lorimer Mosley says, it's the brain's opinion and sends it down to the body. Meaning that when the brain senses credible evidence of danger, I'll give you an example. If you are having lots of life problems and an empty relationship or financial struggles or it's work stress, that the brain will interpret as danger. And if what I call potholes in the body, and when you have like old injuries, it'll light it up. Right. If you have an injury that you're trying to heal from, um, you know, it's been over, it's been over uh, three months, four months, the brain is trying to shift. And so what we're trying to share with everyone is this is it's so hard to believe that pain actually comes from the brain and the nervous system communicates it to the, to the body. Because when your knees are hurting, you don't quite care where it comes from. You're right. like, how do I get rid of it, right? right? And that's what we're talking about. But it really comes back to this first thing. So I'm hoping if you're struggling with chronic pain, take a step back and ask yourself, is it, am I willing to hear a new perspective and how to actually reverse pain? Can I be a little cynical here? Okay. David, this is a little cynical. Kind of, <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, come on. We learned this in high school. Okay, I mean, it's illogical. It's illogical to think that otherwise. I mean, it's not logical to think that, okay, I mean, there's so many different sensations and your brain's interpreting millions, trillions, actually billions of bits of information per second. It's illogical to think that it's like a broken part in a car. So I just want to finish off this structural component with one quick question. So as a physician, we are obsessed, and I know as a psychologist, we are obsessed with having a complete workup. Notice we don't want to miss a structural problem. We don't, we don't want to miss a broken bone, tumor, or infection, which are the stru structural things. And so we're quite hyper to make sure there's not a structural cause. But I'll just finish by saying that 90% of your symptoms 
based on your body's perception of the environment and how it interprets the signals. The second thing is, there's a process called sensitization, and we all know this. Okay, let's say you have a little sore in your mouth. We all know that your brain keeps going back to it, going back to it. We try not to go back to it. It just, it, you can't stop going back to it. Or with repetition, and this is a very crude example, and I apologize for this a little bit, but I don't know, it's, it's such a classic example of mm -hmm. water torture where poor prisoners laid on a yeah. board and just a drop of water. And I made the mistake of reading about this on the internet one day. And it's very disturbing. So within a relatively short period of time, that drop of water gets perceived as a sledgehammer. And the That's prisoner good. goes insane. And so it's horrible. It's still the drop of water. It doesn't change. They've also done research MRI scans that shows that if you have pain in your body less than three months, a certain part of the brain lights up. If the pain is there for more than a period of time, between six to 12 months, five parts of the brain light up. Same stimulus. The experiment was done with just a little bit of pressure on the thumb. People with pain more than 10 years versus pain less than three months in, in other body parts. And when they put this pressure on the thumb with yeah. people with acute pain, one part of the brain lit up. In people with chronic pain, five parts of the brain lit up. 500% increase in your brain activity with the same stimulus. So and we all know this with repetition. That was how we learn. You know, I'm trying to learn Italian. So I learn the words over and over again. I'm starting to memorize it. I can see the word more quickly. It stays in my brain more quickly. Um, and we all know this. Your brain gets sensitized to repetitive impulses and pain not being a very happy one. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think the, the most important thing here is to just always go back to the basics. Where does pain come from? And you know, why do I hurt? And I think most of our listeners here who struggle with whether it's anxiety, pain, anger, depression, when you are trying to heal, all the source really does come from the brain. Um, my silly, my silly um, one point, um, if I was in the court of law, uh, my first argument would be something like this, is that if I took your head off, you'll have no pain. And because we're not into that business, that if I put your head back on, you will experience the pain. So in that sense, pain comes from the brain. And I'm very clear about this. David, I, I wanted to ask you this question. So um, do you get or this question? Wait, wait, let me say, let me say yeah. a little bit differently, though. So I don't think, it, I mean, remember, the brain has to receive the signals from the body. I mean, in terms right, of right, right. So it exists in the brain, but it, it doesn't exist. But it doesn't, the pain doesn't exist without those signals coming into it, right? Correct. And that's exactly right. And without confusing our listeners, yes, that's absolutely right. So because the brain is constantly sensing inside, outside, and whomever's in between you, and they and it uses its different senses, sight, sound, touch, smell, taste, all right. of that. Uh, and so yes, so it comes into sort of a, a circuitry called the brain. The brain looks at it, says, does this look familiar? And it tries to protect you and then sends it back down. So there's a bi-directional right. without it. Right. Um, so, but the question I wanted to ask you and for our listeners is, you know, when someone says, you know, so am I creating this pain? Is this coming from my mind? How do you respond to that? Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? 
Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, the answer is, well, okay. I don't use the term mind body anymore, as you know. It's, it's just right. a total body experience. The nervous system happens to be in the middle of it. So I don't use the term mind body anymore. It's just a unit response. So yeah, the signals say there's something unpleasant. Your brain says, this is unpleasant. So you get signals that say that, yeah, this is an unpleasant situation. So it's hard. It's a hard question for me to answer now because I actually change the way I, I even talk about pain. Yep. So I just think, I think it's a, um, I think it's just bi-directional. It's a total response to a threat. I mean, if a bully comes at you, your whole body reacts. So it's an unpleasant experience, just like pain's an unpleasant experience. So you're basically, as you know, we talk about threat versus danger. And you're, if your brain perceives threat, either societal, personal, or physical, it sends off an unpleasant signal. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And so, so that's, I agree with you. So this is why, and, and my take on this is that um, everything you said right on, uh, that the mind is the is our mental script to what is happening in real time, right? Um, and so that's the part. It's our it's our complaining. It's our tug of war. I don't want to feel this bad. I want something good. The tug of war we do, uh, these arguments we have uh, with all our thoughts and not wanting to feel what's going on. That's the that's the mind part. It's basically what I call mental scripts to uh, the pain that dirties the pain. So we've talked about the source of the pain. <clears throat> it can be structural, physical, or short circuits. The brain, <clears throat> I want to say one more comment about sensitization. People feel something wrong because over time the pain gets worse. Well, it's going to get worse because it gets sensitized. In other words, the same stimulus a year later is going to be sensed by the brain more intensely. So it still doesn't mean there's something wrong destroying your tissues. It means your brains become more sensitive to the impulse and you do feel it more. The next one, which is really tricky, and I don't know how to phrase this differently, but we memorize everything. Your brain memorizes those impulses. And then we heard, all have heard the term phantom limb pain, and Les has more experience with this clinically. And I heard, learned about this in medical school. It was never really explained very well. But that's the essence of the whole problem is that your brain memorizes everything, everything. That's how we yeah. survive. Yeah. So it also memorizes pain impulses. So now you have an amputated arm or a leg, 
the brain perceives, not only perceives that the arm or leg is still there, it perceives the same pain. Yeah. And now it makes sense the way the brain is programmed. Back in medical school, we didn't realize how programmable the brain was, and that's been 40 years ago plus. So now we know it changes by the second your brain does memorize the pain. <clears throat> Once it's memorized, it's like riding a bicycle. You can't unmemorize the pain. So those are permanently embedded circuits. And I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit less and let you take over in that. <clears throat> the more you fight the pain, try to fix the pain, you have memorized circuits. The more you try to unlearn how, how to ride your bicycle, that can't work. So you actually, actually have to, you actually have to move through and pass the circuits. In other words, it's like as you move past the pain, you can develop new circuits and use the, use the pain circuits less, they start to atrophy, just like any learned skill. So I use a concept that I used to play trumpet in high school. I can't play it anymore. But, but if I picked it up again, the circuit is still there. So if you've said the comment less, what you resist will persist. Well, if you're fighting it, your tension's on the pain. If you're actually move, if, if you're actually processing in a way that you can let it go and move forward, you're moving through and past the pain circuits. Plus, as you don't use them as much, you start to atrophy. But these are memorized circuits. Um, any comments, Les? Yeah, it's just if you were speaking, the thing that pops up in my head is this. I use an analogy because when I talk to my patients, they go like, they kind of sit there and go like, yeah, but. And so they have all this confusing look, which I used to have many, many decades ago. So here's what I would explain audience uh, to you if you're sitting in front of me, that I would say pain comes from the brain and the body is, um, and also sends messages to the brain. So as David and I say, it's bi-directional. So here's this, um, I want you to think the brain does not have a delete button. And so let me explain that to you in, an uh, in a metaphor here. So the so brain does not have a delete button? Does not have a delete button. Do, do no, I have it? Can do I have a delete button? Can you just you delete, delete me, me, David? You delete me frequently. I'm <laughs> okay. Just okay. Check All right. So uh, yeah. So the brain. Think of the uh, think of the nervous system, which is your brain and body. That's my term for brain body. Think of the nervous system. It's a long, beautiful rope. Think of those brown, beautiful ropes. And every time you experience something that is incredibly dangerous and overwhelming, your brain ties a knot on the rope. And everything you've been experiencing since childhood, adulthood, uh, teenage years, from bullying to life stressors, trying to be perfectionistic so you're loved more by your family, doing just all those things we do to survive in a family and get through life. And as an adult now, here we are with work and stress and finances, all those major, major things <clears throat> that we all have. But the most significant they are the more credible danger our brain senses of it. A knot gets uh, tied on it. So think of multiple knots and all of a sudden you have a slip of fall, for example, a car accident, or someday something slowly starts to develop and you start to have back pain, knee pain. However it shows up, your brain basically is constantly going back to all the knots on the rope. Your lived experience, your lived experiences is basically your nervous system. And this is how the brain goes back and says, does this look and smell and feel familiar? For example, when the pain is controlling you, you feel bullied by the pain. You feel like I just can't get ahead of the pain. The brain will go back to all those memory sensations right. that body experiences that the brain senses and deposits in the body. You, this is why the past very frequently shows up in the present through the body. And PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder is a great example 
And on a side note, I do not differentiate between trauma and chronic pain. Same pantry, different shelves of the brain. Right, and I see it a little bit differently, but I 100% agree with you the knots in the rope, but remember we're programmed by every second <clears throat> of our life. I mean, we're this way, everybody's so infinitely different. Mm -hmm. That's what makes you a little bit crazy, which is a different philosophical discussion about how we're sort of obsessed with trying to make people similar to ourselves culturally and personally. But if we just each person understand we're programmed by every second of our life, we are each infinitely different, then try to work on that basis as opposed to try to make everything the same. Then you can negotiate boundaries and solutions. And we happen as a human race to be going the opposite direction. But anyway, the bottom line is your brain memorizes everything, everything, including pain, including unpleasant thoughts, all sorts of stuff gets flat out memorized. And you have to actually, you can't go back and analyze your childhood and fix it. It's done. So as you can separate from it and actually move into the life that you want, you can memorize a good life too. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So anyway, the final thing, the modifiers, um, we talk about anxiety, anger, and sleep. And when I first wrote my book, Back in Control, I talk about anxiety and anger being the modifiers. But what I didn't realize until I met Dr. Aria, who said it so clearly, that anxiety and anger are not psychological. They're not some magical thing out there that's like a curse psychological. They're just the names that humans put on a threat physiology. So anxiety is an activated threat physiology. You're in fight or flight. Anger is a hyperactivated threat physiology where you're really in fight or flight. The problem with anger is it's destructive, including self-destructive, and it's a big problem. And the other problem is, is that when your brain is anxious and frustrated, especially trapped by, well, first of all, when you're trapped by anything, you're activated. You're under severe threat. But your brain goes from the thinking centers down into the survival centers. And that's why so many bad things being done to people within families and to each other because their brains are not online. So we act from a place of anger and anxiety. That's actually not who we are. That's our survival actions in play. It's a problem. Yeah. So the modifiers are actually sort of a reflection of the pain state, not necessarily. So I say modifiers, yeah, if you're anxious or frustrated, your inflammatory response is up, your nerve conduction increases, your brain itself is inflamed. So you actually do feel the pain more. Again, not imaginary. Again, anxiety and anger are physiological states, not psychological. Yeah. Dr. Arya, my guru, he taught this to me. <laughs> do you have any comments this morning? Yeah, I do. And, um, you know, one of the things, um, you know, for this educational portion of today's podcast, I really just want to, I just want to kind of gather everything we've been saying and what I've been saying, and maybe just kind of give it down to four bullet statements here um, because I really want folks to really understand this. So it's really important for you to have a solid understanding of pain science. You don't have to be a scientist or to have a PhD or an MD. I just want you to understand this, these four perhaps principles or tenets or lessons or messages, however you want to kind of classify it. So that pain, when you understand pain, you'll actually have less fear. So pain that is understood is not feared. When you recognize that I'm safe, there's no damage, this is um, something that's playing out. And I hear David and Les, Schubiner, Alan Gordon, and many other people that you know, this can be reversed. The answer is yes, it can be. So pain that is understood is not feared. That's the first message. Number two, 
Pain is normal. It's in service of your survival. It's there to protect you. A third thing I want to emphasize um, is this, that pain that is inconsistent by the nature of flare-ups or your stress um, does not mean that you're having new injuries. It's a flare-up. And very often when the brain senses danger, credible evidence of danger, it sends it to the body, the body seconds it, sends it back. So pain that is inconsistent or with flare-ups or your life that stress produces this, it's not a, a psychological thing. It's in service of your survival. So just know that there's no new pain or this is not the mind, but this is just the brain trying to protect you. And the well, last I thing- clarify just for one second, when people say the word stress, people keep couching that in terms of psychology. Stress is just your response to a threat. It's a total body response is what stress is. It's not quote imagined. And when you talk about pain signals or danger signals, it, it can be real danger, but even perceived danger, for instance, based on cognitive distortions, the body still gets the same response. So real or perceived danger still gives you this stress response. But again, people think stress is sort of a psychological construct and it is not, it's how we survive. We survive by processing our threats. So we have a stress response, we call it threat response, fight or flight response, but really critically, your whole body's responding, your nerve conduction increases. And by the way, you mentioned fear of pain makes the pain worse. Well, we now know that's actually inflammatory. Yes. So when you're inflammatory, you double the nerve conduction, you fire up the brain. Um, so in summary, I just wanna point out that I learned this thing called the complexity theory. And medicine has been throwing, I don't wanna rant about medicine too much today, but I mean, medicine has been throwing random simplistic solutions at a complex problem. It doesn't work. So you hear me use the metaphor of fighting a forest fire. When you're fighting a forest fire, you have the fire lines, the airplanes, the fire retardants, you have all sorts of things happening to solve a forest fire and everything counts. Chronic pain is the same way. You've got multiple factors affecting each person specifically with their variables affecting chronic pain. They all have to be addressed. And it's not that hard when the patient takes control. So once you understand the problem, that's where, we're, and again, we're just giving you a very brief overview on the nature of chronic pain. But once you understand the nature of chronic pain, how it works and your relationship to it is solvable, very solvable. Yep, yep, absolutely. And um, as we come to a wrap here, the fear of the pain can sometimes be worse than the pain itself. So get educated on, you know, about the pain science, modern pain science, and you'll find out that you'll be less controlled by that. It's kind of like knowing when the weather shows up, you don't have to be frightened, it's called a thunderstorm. And so in the same manner, educate yourself. And we'll, we'll be, um, David will be talking about the other four components as we go through the weeks. So in pain processing therapy of education, understanding your own situation, gently leaning into the pain, addressing the emotional threats, which are actually similar to physical threats, then creating the brain or nervous system that you want. So today we talked about the source of the pain, try to delineate that how complex it is. Les and I both have resources you can read to understand it much more clearly. So we both encourage you to look at our resources to understand the nature of chronic pain because we're just giving the briefest hint of what's going on here. So hey, Dr. Arya, um, thank you very much. I'm gonna make myself have the last word. 
<laughs> You'd think so, Dr. Hanscom. Uh, anyway, thank you. And uh, we'll, uh, again, next podcast will be talking about your own personal evidence as far as the nature of pain. So thank you. David and Les would love to hear from you about today's podcast and any ideas for future topics. You can email them at david-less at dynamichealingpodcast.com. That's david-less at dynamichealingpodcast.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I'm an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.